0: Attention all shiver seekers, this is the Dark Oak, the weekly thrill and chill-inducing podcast for both true crime junkies and casual mystery fans.
1: We are your hosts, Stephanie and Cynthia, and every Wednesday we will present to you a true tale of the supernatural, the macabre, criminal minds, cryptids, the unexplained,
0: and the downright spooky. We will be sure to throw in some real-time reactions, including gasps and a few giggles as we explore the hair-raising world around us. Head to our webpage, thedarkoak.com, to learn more about us and
1: find our podcasts wherever you like to listen. The Dark Oak is
0: Waiting! Hello, Shiver Seekers. Are you ready to follow us into the deep blue unknown? Ooh. I'm Cynthia.
1: And I am Stephanie. And you have found
0: the Dark Oak. All right, Stephanie. Today, I'm going to tell you all about Tina Watson. Does that name ring a bell? Don't think so. Okay, let me tell you a little more. See all if right. see if it does. So, Christina Watson, who went by the name Tina, so that's what I'm going to call her for the rest of the uh, rest of this episode. Tina was born in West Germany on February 13th, 1977, and her family relocated to the United States when she was still just a baby. And in 1980, when she was about a month shy of three years old, she was legally adopted by Tommy and Cindy Thomas. And they lived in Walker County, Alabama, before moving Tina and her younger sister to Louisiana for a while. But they ended up moving back to the place where they really felt was home, Birmingham, Alabama. So that's where Tina grew up. Okay. Now, after graduating from high school, Tina went to college at the University of Alabama, and this is where she met her future husband, Gabriel Watson. And Gabriel went by the name Gabe, so that's what I'll call him. Okay. Tina and Gabe. Tina and Gabe. And these two began dating in 2001. Okay. So, Gabe really enjoyed scuba diving, and he considered himself to be quite good at it, almost like an expert. When they met... Tina wasn't much of a diver, but she was open to learning new things, and she really enjoyed spending her time with Gabe. So she began taking diving lessons, and she earned her certification just before her wedding to Gabe, which was on October eleventh, two
1: 2003. Okay. I mean, that kind of seems like a really fun thing like if you know your fiance is really into scuba diving and you're like i'm just gonna get into this hobby that they're into like something fun they can do together so that sounds really good it's almost like like a gift to him right a wedding gift to him
0: i would be totally into it i would love to have like a diving i've never dove but i've always been interested dove divin dove i've never divined (laughs) (laughs) so is dove not the right word i don't actually know it just kind of sounded funny it does sound funny
1: went scuba diving Okay, so Went I never st-
0: dived before. Dived? No, that doesn't sound right either. No. Dove. dove I've d- never gone scuba diving before. <laughs> <laughs> we're just gonna we're just gonna skim over that. Yeah. <laughs> I've never gone scuba diving, but okay, I wanted to. And so it would be really cool if like, you know, somebody I was dating was into it and could teach me and uh, show me how. Yeah, kind of romantic and stuff. Yeah, to, like romantic. do it together. Like yeah. a real fun, like couples thing. Absolutely. So that's kind of what T9 Gabe thought too. But even with that Gabe was always much more involved and much more into the diving hobby than Tina ever actually was. She actually was a little a little nervous about it, which makes sense mm-hmm. I would be too.
1: Uh yeah, because there are scary things that live in the ocean and also just the idea of being that far down not having oxygen like it's intimidating. It is, especially and, if it's not your
0: thing. Right, I mean and you have to take it seriously. Gabe was always much more into diving. And he was actually qualified as a certified rescue diver. Oh, man. So he's like big time. Possibly. Maybe. He thinks so. Oh, I feel like that's some really creepy foreshadowing there. (laughs) (laughs) So by the time that he married Tina, he'd actually completed 55 dives. However, his primary experience with diving was actually lake diving. And that is very different than like open ocean diving.
1: Oh yeah, like not even close
0: to this. Age. No. Um Tina had only div Tina
1: had only Diven. I love it. Tina- someone, <laughs> someone write us and tell us whether it's Doven or Diven has has divered. <laughs> My
0: notes say dove, but now you have me questioning. It probably that. <laughs> is dove. Somehow it just
1: sounded funny to me.
0: <laughs> well, Tina had only dove five times total. In her entire life, by the time she married Gabe. And she had never dove in the open ocean. So, you know, very different levels of skill there.
1: super intimidating
0: to go into the ocean. Absolutely. Yeah. On top of that, Tina had actually been diagnosed with a heart condition that caused her heart to beat at an abnormal rate. And this can actually pose some real health concerns wind diving so though she was excited to spend you know time doing it she definitely did have you know some reservations yeah sure
1: i mean i don't know if there are ways to kind of mitigate your risk while doing that but it seems like a big risk to take it does you know and not to say you have to quit living your life if you have a complication like this but definitely makes you be more cautious sure like said.
0: absolutely but despite tina's lack of experience and health issue Their honeymoon was to be spent scuba diving in the Great Barrier Reef after first spending a week in Sydney. So they're going to spend a week in Sydney, Australia. How fun. Super romantic. I know. And then they were going to go dive this very popular yet quite difficult shipwreck. Yikes. Yes. Okay.
1: So I would be kind of like pooping my pants if I was Tina.
0: (laughs) Okay. Why? Because of just the dive?
1: Yeah. So, I mean, you've only been in a lake. And now you're going to dive a very difficult dive in the big oceans of Australia. Like literally I'm thinking Australia, Great Barrier Reef. I'd be like, okay, Gabe, I really love you and I really want to make you happy, but I'm also like pooping myself.
0: Yes. Well, and I would be scared for a totally different reason. And this is just a little side note. Okay. Um, I have this weird phobia and it's a real phobia and it's called sub which is a fear of submerged human-made objects that are either partially or entirely underwater. So think like a statue or a pipe system, boats, airplanes, anything that like a man-made that is submerged underwater, I literally am like phobic over it. So the idea of swimming above a shipwreck, oh no.
1: Y'all, I'm literally making a face right now because I'm like, did you just make that up?
0: <laughs> I did not. Google it. In fact, if how we... did
1: you discover you had this phobia? Okay. You
0: want to know? Actually. I do. Good because question.
1: that seems totally made up.
0: Nope. It's not. And here's how I discovered it. I remember going to Silver Springs. Now, for those of you who are not Floridians, Silver Springs is a state park here. It may be actually a private park, but it's a park here in Florida where they have glass bottom boats. Yeah. You go over the water. It's beautiful. Yeah. But many, many years ago, I believe there was a, a a movie filmed there and they sunk statues. Yeah and then the statues remained under there. And yeah. I remember vividly being a little girl, five, six, seven, I don't know exactly how old I was, but going there with my parents. And when we got to the part where we went over the statues, I I remember how scary that was going over these statues. So, didn't think anything of it again. I just always creeped me out. I will never forget Silver Springs going over statues. And then, later, you were with me. You went to sea camp with me in yeah. sixth grade. Yeah. We went to sea camp. Do you yes. remember the, the swimming with the sharks in the shark lagoon? Yes. Well, okay. Do you It mean- was, like, one of the best days of my entire life. Yes. You know what scared me? Not uh. swimming with the sharks. Not with the giant sea turtle, who was also swimming in there. They had a pipe system. Yeah that terrified me i didn't care about the sharks i didn't care about the giant turtle who was bigger than me i was terrified of swimming over the pipes so like what if you were to watch sorry guys we totally digress for a moment (laughs) because
1: i have to get to the bottom of this because i've never even heard this is true so can you like watch um like documentaries about like the velocity
0: of atlantis and stuff sure i can but totally creeps me out I mean I'm claustrophobic too so like I can watch people go into caves and stuff like that but like if I had to crawl through that cave I just I just wouldn't I think and I don't know for sure I haven't talked to my therapist about it (laughs) but I think it's the whole like with the pipes I don't know so much and I think the statues are probably just like creepy looking it's just like that's fair creepy to see like a humanoid form underwater with like algae on it and you know but I think like the things like a car or a ship or a boat or stuff like that an airplane Mm. just be like what's in there I think that's it I think it's the whole there could be a creature in there there could be a dead body in there there could be a your
1: brain is working overtime yeah
0: no there could like I think it's the what's in there Or maybe it's just the idea that, like, my brain recognized that there shouldn't be a plane underwater. No,
1: that's totally fair. I mean, to see a foreign object. Like, literally, you know, it's funny. I was kind of, like, looking at you sideways this Mm -hmm. entire time until you said a car under the water. And you know what? You Just you saying a car under the water Mm kind of gave me, like, a feel. Yes. Like, because it's something unnatural that's in the water. Right. That's not supposed to be there that got there in some way that probably wasn't great. Right. So... Yeah. OK, well, I can kind of see it. OK, so the idea of you scuba diving over a shipwreck like Tina and Gabe is like off your bucket list, like not like not even close to something you would to be doing on
0: your honeymoon. I mean, would I do it? Probably. Would I want to do it? No. I will do stuff that scares me. You guys, your
1: girl is brave. That's (laughs) a bad bee sitting across from me. It's easy
0: for me to say I would do it when uh, I'm nowhere near Sydney or a shipwreck. So, just unnatural things.
1: All right, guys. Let us know
0: about your weird phobias. Please do. I want to hear more. <laughs> and okay. if you have submechanophobia, please let us yeah, know. Yeah, please
1: make Cynthia feel more normal. Oh, that's right. Um, We are not making fun of anyone that has this phobia. I I've just never heard of it. So, I'm trying to understand it more. So, shed some light. Yes, yeah, please do. All right.
0: All right. So, it's their honeymoon. And here they are. They're going to dive this shipwreck. And, again, it's... Definitely not like a beginner dive. And on top of that, as we discussed, lake diving is very different than ocean diving. Lake diving is, you know, Gabe does have a lot of experience here, but this is very different. Uh, things like tides, currents, depths, even the water itself, all differ between ocean and lake diving. Yeah. Like buoyancy and all yes, that kind of stuff. All that. Right? Wildlife. Yeah. Fo- yeah. Like, full. Fo- is it foliage when it's underwater underwater animal yes. and plant life like all of it's different <laughs> i think it's still underwater flora yeah I yeah that still counts so tina had also never dove like deep it was always pretty um shallow waters so this was also going to be on top of everything else the deepest she's ever dove in her life whose idea was this gabe's oh, gabes. oh, now, oh good old game pretty much everything having to do with the dive and diving in general was gabe she just kind of went along with the ride okay? okay like she was open to it like okay i'll dive it but like it's not what i want to do. Trying to be a good wifey i get it yeah okay so the dive company that they were touring with did offer an orientation and a guided dive with a dive master And when Tina first registered for this tour, she said she would like to participate in that. She wants the orientation and she wants a dive master to go down with her. Yeah. Your girl ain't no fool. Right. But Gabe didn't think this was necessary because of his experience.
1: Oh, okay.
0: According to him, the fact that she was with him, that's all the guidance she would need. So once they got on the boat, when the guides were like assigning themselves to the guests, they were going to, you know, help. T- uh, Tina declined the assistance. Now, I didn't realize this because I wouldn't have thought this was a thing, but apparently with many dive companies, they actually have a policy that they confirm with each guest privately whether or not that particular guest would like an orientation or a guided dive. And they do this in private so that there is no pressure for, you know, anybody to respond in a certain way in front of anyone else who might be, you know, within earshot or let alone their dive buddies or so partners. they have to be like, I'm
1: actually pooping my pants actively. <laughs>
0: right so assistance would be great i really want yeah and i thought like i don't know is peer pressure really that big of a deal in the diving community but maybe it is enough for them to have this policy where each person's asked privately i think
1: it's really smart because not even just peer pressure but i mean just to have a one-on-one like you know listen this is really important like do you know what you're doing because this is a dangerous dive it's a deep dive like Search your
0: soul and
1: make sure that you know what you're doing.
0: It definitely makes sense. You know? And clearly, it seems to me like Tina would have been more comfortable with, you know, some more guidance.
1: Well, and if she had said yes originally, I mean, I don't know. I kind of feel like it's a little little crappy of Gabe to be like, no, you don't need that because that's her comfort level. It doesn't mean she doesn't have confidence in him, but she's like, I would just like somebody extra there to help like hold my hand a little bit for my first time in the ocean. So, I mean, she's already like putting herself out there big time going on this dive to begin with. The least he could have done is like thrown her a
0: bone and and let the instructor go with her. I agree completely. And by the end of this, I don't not know that loving you're, Gabe right now. I don't think you're going to end up loving him any more than you do this moment. Ugh,
1: yeah, not not feeling not feeling my boy Gabe there.
0: So, despite Tina's initial reservations, the dive instructor ended up taking Gabe's word that Gabe alone would be experienced enough to be able to perform a rescue in the event one became necessary. Yeah, because they're like, why why would he lie? Right, like why, why would you lie? Why would you lie? So, on October twenty second which was just 11 days after their wedding at around 10 30 AM, Gabe and Tina were diving off of the dive tour boat, the spoil sport when 26 year old Tina lost consciousness and sank to the bottom of the ocean, which at that particular spot was about 30 meters or 98 feet deep. Oh dang. She'd only been in the water for two minutes. What? So Gabe, then swam to the surface, got the attention of the dive master, Wade Singleton, who immediately dove to the bottom of the ocean to rescue Tina. And Wade then brought her on board the excursion's sister boat, the Jolly Two, where a doctor attempted to resuscitate her. By the time she was brought to the surface, Tina had been underwater for 10 minutes. Oh, that's, that's not going to work. Now, after 40 minutes of life-saving attempts, Tina was pronounced dead. And during this entire time, Gabe never did join his wife on the Jolly Two, but instead remained on the Spoil Sport. So Uh. a lot of people take issue with this, like the fact that he was on one boat while his wife was on the other. And, I mean, it does seem like maybe a little weird, but at the same time, in the midst of the chaos and the panic, like, I don't know. Do you just end up where you end up? And, you know what I mean? Like, I don't know.
1: I will say um, we did have a personal tragedy in in our family and the way people react in that very moment are different. Um, some people, I mean, it truly is like a fight or flight kind of thing. And, um, you know, someone in our family reacted like, I'm going to get in the middle of this. Like, I am going to help this person. And the other person who clearly cared just as much just froze. And so it's hard to say in this situation. I mean, me personally, I would have wanted to be on that, like holding her hand, like talking her through it, like yelling at the person working on her, like you save her.
0: Right.
1: Um, but I don't know. I having seen it with my own eyes, how people freeze because literally your brain biologically just starts shutting down. Right. Like this is too terrible to even comprehend. I I can't right now. So. I don't know. That doesn't throw up. I mean, it is a little bit of a red flag, but that in
0: itself would not be enough for me to be like, okay, something weird's going right. on here. Well, and I can imagine I would be like shut down. So I can be like, I would almost want to be away. Like, so I just don't put a whole lot of weight. In, yeah, I in can that. see both. Sides it's weird, but yeah. like, yeah, it's a scenario that nobody prepares for. However, according to the other passengers on the Spoil Sport. Gabe's strange behavior went beyond just being on a different boat. In fact, yeah, many other passengers said that he was just acting really casual.
1: Okay, that is not okay. (laughs) Like being shut down and like in shock, one thing, just being like NBD folks,
0: (laughs) another thing. Right, and that's kind of the vibe that a lot of witnesses said he had. Uh, they actually said he spent that time where his wife, you know, is in serious trouble, just casually chatting with the crew. Uh, they said he went into one of the cabins for a little while. And then he walked around the boat just asking all the women on board for hugs. Ew. Mm-hmm. Ew. Weird, right? Uh, and they said at one point he was telling passengers that maybe Tina just had a little headache. Uh, no, bro. She was on the bottom of the ocean. Right. It wasn't until he was notified that she had actually passed away that he expressed any real grief. So that makes me wonder, was he just handling it as best he could? Or maybe did he not realize it was as serious as it was? I
1: still need to know more details. So she's in the water two minutes. He was in the water with her for two minutes? We're
0: going to find out a little more about what happened during those two minutes. Okay, because something is not lining up, though. Right. You won't feel any better about it after I give you all the little details. So after they returned to the shore, everyone on board was interviewed. And during his initial statement, Gabe said that what happened was the currents were so much stronger than he'd expected and that he had seen Tina signal that she wanted to return to the dive rope. And that while she was trying to communicate this to him, he said that he noticed she had a strange look of like worry or concern on her face. So he said he tried helping her to the dive row, but somehow in the middle of all the chaos, Gabe said that Tina accidentally knocked his mask and air regulator loose. So according to Gabe, he took a moment to, you know, fix his mask and regulator, which you would need to do. And when he was able to, like, see again, he saw that Tina was sinking quickly with her arms outstretched as if she was trying to reach out to him, but that she was moving away Very rapidly. And it was too fast for him to be able to go down and grab her and pull her to safety. This is like a chilling image. It's awful. And so he had to decide in that moment that the best thing for him to do was to return to the surface to try to get help. He also said that he had an ear problem that prevented him from diving deep enough to help her. And that he had not learned in all of his training as a rescue diver about, quote, how to get somebody in trouble to the surface, end quote. Uh, to
1: that I say, what?
0: <laughs> we will talk about that a little more. Okay, so investigators obviously didn't think this made much sense, as you apparently don't. <laughs> um, I actually read a lot of statements from many divers all around the world. And every single one of them says that bringing a person in need of help to the surface is actually the first thing you learn as a rescue diver. It's actually the entire point of being. A rescue driver. Also,
1: here's the deal. I'm not going to put myself in his shoes, but I'm sorry. If I have a family member that I love, I'm going to try to save them, even if I don't know
0: how. <laughs> like, I'm at least going to, like, I'm going to attempt right, to do something. Now, I can kind of see, not ever having done scuba diving before, I can kind of see how, like, if I can see that I'm physically not going to be able to help this person going and getting help so like I can see how maybe me without 55 dives under my belt without being right. a certified rescue diver like he was right. I can see how in that scenario I would probably I probably would immediately be like let me go get help right as opposed to me trying but to that's do something an amateur. Right. Yeah. He was a self proclaimed. Remember, he was the one who said, No, I am a rescue diver. We don't need help. We don't need guidance. We don't need somebody to I don't actually know.
1: I'm a rescue diver who doesn't know how to
0: rescue. Right. And that was the, you know, that was like the whole thing. Like being a rescue diver, the whole point is to know how to help somebody. So the fact that he's now saying, I never learned how to do that. Like, I mean, red flags, red flags, red Uh, flags. Yeah. So Gabe was interviewed several more times, and each time he would actually tell a slightly different version of events that happened that day. So some of Gabe's conflicting statements were that on his way to the surface, while his wife was sinking to the bottom, he grabbed and actually shook other nearby divers to try to get their help. But then in another interview, he would say that there was no one around at all. And then in another interview, he said that while Tina was signaling that she needed help, he felt the eyes of others boring into him, and he felt like he was being watched by all the other divers.
1: Uh, no, that was probably just your wife
0: trying to get you to save her. Right? Oh, Could have been. Chilling, chilling. Yeah. In his initial interview, he said that Tina had a really panicked look on her face. But then in another statement, he said that, quote, there was never any indication from her that she was needing air, end quote. Gabe said that as his wife started sinking, he took off like a rocket and that he had never swam so fast in his life. But according to his dive computer, he took nearly three minutes to rise from 15 meters, which means nothing to me. But apparently that is not fast at all. It's actually the pace of a novice. Oh. Which makes no sense if you're like rushing in to a save hurry, your- right. Yeah. In one interview, he said that ear pain stopped him from attempting to rescue Tina, which I don't think that's a good excuse. Your ear hurts. So, like, I, I mean. I can't save my drowning. Swim wife. through it. Yeah. Swim I, through yeah, it. Yeah.
1: Like, that's kind of what I'm saying. Like, you're at least going to try. Right. You're going to be, like, eardrum be damned. Right. Like, I'm going to go save her.
0: Yeah. That, for me, held held no. I can understand if, like, physically I'm not going to be able to get down there. But, like, my ear hurts. So sorry. I can't. Like, <laughs> oh, come on. Oh, gosh. Right. But then, in another, uh, in another interview, he said that the reason why he didn't go after her was in that moment he didn't know what to do, and he just made a split second decision to surface for help, and he never mentioned that you're pain. Yeah, I don't know. I'm not loving games right now. Just a lot of conflicting stories. Like yeah. any one of those things could be true, but like they all can't be true because they oh. conflict. Yeah,
1: he didn't think this one through very well, right.
0: did he? So the day after her death, an autopsy was performed, and forensic pathologist Professor David Williams found florid evidence of air embolism, but no degenerative disease that would have led to her death. He ruled the cause of death as drowning. Ugh, poor Tina. So it wasn't her heart. It's awful. Now remember, Gabe's dive computer showed he did not move very fast. Oh, was the
1: idea that it was her
0: heart? Well... She did have I mean, a heart condition. I guess condition.
1: it could be a contributing factor, and they're thinking let's look at this right. first. Right. So but that was ruled but out. But that, but li- that was literally not yeah. part of it
0: at all. We know that that was not it. Okay, got it. So, Gabe's dive computer showed that he did not move very fast, even though he said he did, and a lot of what Gabe said happened underwater did not match up with the actions recording, but recorded by his dive computer. So, I also didn't
1: think that one through very right. well.
0: Which I wouldn't have even known you had a dive computer that was recording your movements. But if you're a diver like he was, you would know that. You would know. You should know. You could know. You could know. So the conflicting computer data, along with this strange behavior, conflicting statements, led there to be a formal inquiry in Australia. And after reviewing the statements and all of the evidence, prosecutors suggested that Gabe had turned off Tina's regulator and held her until she was unconscious, then turned the air back on, let her sink to the bottom of the ocean, before he then surfaced for quote-unquote help. Ugh! This accusation was actually corroborated by one of the other divers, a Dr. Stanley Stutes, who said that he saw Watson holding on to Tina as if he was giving her a bear hug, and that Tina was flailing. And after that, Gabe headed to the surface while Tina fell to the ocean floor. So I'm not a diver, but I do know that... The human body has to be weighted down in order to sink, so weight belts are used when diving to help a diver be able to get, you know, deep enough to say, see the shipwreck in this particular case. So Tina would have only needed about eight pounds of weight to help her get where she needed to be depth-wise, but she was actually wearing 20 pounds of weight, so more than double.
1: Whoa. And she, like, got off the boat wearing this amount of weight?
0: She did. Okay. In fact, the dive master who brought her to the surface had to drop her weights for him to be even able to bring her back to the top. Whoa. Right. So maybe that's what happened. Maybe she just had, you know, too heavy a weights on.
1: Yeah, but like nobody caught that. Like, hey, by the way, like, <laughs> you're like carrying a bunch of lead around your waist there. Right.
0: Uh seems like a, a valid question, right? So let's go to who who was it? Who you know made sure that Tina had the proper weights on? Any guesses?
1: Oh yes, Gabe. It I was, wanted to say that with as much like anger you know, and just <laughs> grotesqueness. Gabe, yes. <laughs> oh, Gabe, made Gabe, sure that Tina... Gabe again. Made sure that Tina had on the proper. All right, yeah.
0: So very least, Gabe is sus, right? Uh. <laughs> At the very least. Very least, yes. I mean, just being really, like, you know. At the least. Yeah. Yes. Being conservative. Well, Gabe attracted even more unwanted attention when, during Tina's funeral, when Tina's best friend Amanda went to go pay her respects, Amanda said that Gabe walked up to her. He walked up to the casket with her. And when they got to the casket, Gabe looked at Tina and said, at least her breasts are perky. No. 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 I'm done. I'm done. I'm out. I'm done. I'm done. Stick a fork in me.
1: That is horrible.
0: It is. Okay. Now, always being devil's advocate.
1: No, there's no way. What on earth could you say that
0: could somehow justify that weird comment? I can't imagine ever making a comment like that. But I'm the kind of person who sometimes, on occasion, when in a situation that I find stressful or upsetting or whatever, will try to, like... I don't even know what I'm doing when I do it. But every once in a while has been known to say something. Like maybe in an attempt to like humor or whatever. Awkward. It is. It is. Because let me tell you, when you say the wrong thing in a bad moment, it is awkward. awkward. Now I can't I can't imagine talking about my wife's boobs at our funeral. Like I can't imagine that. But I'm just saying, like, I have said things before, and I can't think of anything, nothing to to that extreme. Y'all do not invite Cynthia over to meet your parents. <laughs> no. But like, I there, I do have moments. Being a weirdo doesn't necessarily make him a murderer. Okay, I'm fine. All right, but what a weirdo! Right? But what a weirdo! What a weirdo! What a weirdo. Okay, so then immediately after Tina's funeral, Gabe had some close friends and family over to his home. And he was showing photos and videos of Tina and himself from their trip. And to everyone's horror, Gabe started showing photos that he had taken of Tina on their honeymoon, so just days before she died, posing next to caution drowning signs.
1: Okay, I mean, at the least, that's very distasteful. Right. I mean, at the most, I I mean, he's just like... Well, I killed her, and I'm going to try to get away with it, and I'm just going to laugh in your faces.
0: Like, I don't even know. Like, does he literally, like, is he just clueless? Like, does he live on another planet where, like...
1: No, it sounds a little like that. Like, like he a, little, just, a little brainless. I'm,
0: now, to be fair, Amanda said that he probably sh- showed other photos from the trip, but honestly, she was so blown away by the insensitivity of those particular photos. Those are the only ones she actually remembers seeing. Of course. Which, of course, it would be. Of course. Yeah. Now, Tina's own father claimed that shortly before her marriage to Gabe, Tina had come to him and asked that he increase her life insurance. Apparently, her father was the person who handled those matters for her. And when she did this, she asked him to make Gabe the sole beneficiary, which, me, that, that makes sense. He's going to be her husband. Sure. Like. Sure. But the upping it is what I'm not sure. Odd. Yeah. When uh, her dad asked why she wanted to do this, she said that Gabe had asked her to. You know. I'm stay at home mom. So like I made sure that if anything happened to my husband, like we'd be taken care of. But I would I never thought to go to him and be like, Hey, can you take out this huge life insurance policy, honey? And then I want to go scuba diving with
1: you. Yeah, for our honeymoon. Yeah. So romantic.
0: <laughs> After I've locked you in, like gotten yes, the paperwork. Exactly. Signed, let's exactly. Go on a little trip.
1: Exactly. For this thing that you don't really even want to do. It's right. really dangerous. <laughs>
0: but don't worry, I'll save you. But don't if anything worry. goes wrong. <laughs> Don't, don't worry. worry. I, I got, got this.
1: Put on these extra weight belts. Yes. No problem. This is going to kill Right?
0: Yeah. It's so awful. Yeah, it's awful. It's absolutely awful. So a couple of weeks after Tina's death, one of the other divers on the excursion that day, a man named Gary Stimpler, took his vacation film to be developed. So for those of you listeners who are like, I don't know, millennials and don't know. <laughs> uh, back in the day, you didn't take, you know, photos on like these little smartphones or cameras or whatever. No like, GoPros. No kids. You actually had to like take photos on film, take them down to a photo store and have them developed. And then when you actually got them back like a week later, you would see the photos for the first time. So that's what happened. This man did this. And when he got the photos back, He and his wife started looking through them. And, you know, I'm sure they were remembering their vacation. And When they got to the dive photos, I can only assume they were experiencing some, you know, surreal moments, remembering everything that happened that day. But then they came to one haunting photo. Oh, gosh. Stephanie just looking at this photo sends shivers down my spine. I want you to look at it. But in this photo, Gary's wife is front and center. And she looks like she's posing for the picture. She's underwater. You know, she's scuba diving. Yeah. And at first, that's all you see. It's just her and a bunch of blue, a few specks here and there, but mainly blue. But then you see it. In the murky background, laying on the ocean floor, is a figure. It's Tina (gasps) with her arms outstretched. And swimming right behind Gary's wife, you can really only see half of him as he's literally like behind Gary's wife. But you can see a rescue diver headed straight for Tina. It's heartbreaking. It's heartbreaking. And especially now that we know that at this point, Tina had been underwater for close to 10 minutes. And so at this point, she's probably deceased in the photo. Um, oh, I
1: bet this man felt terrible, too, that here he is taking pictures and he didn't notice. And again, there's no way he could be expected to notice. Right. But you still you feel terrible. Like, what if there was something I could have done to intervene or why didn't I see her? It's just yeah, they were oh, so close. She was right terrible.
0: there. But just can you imagine like, you know, you, ex- you went on this trip and then you experience this and already like your story is like, oh, my gosh, this is what happened on this day that my wife and I were supposed to be. You know, scuba diving. And then you're looking at the photos and you literally have photographic. No. No. I mean,
1: it's like trauma upon trauma. It is.
0: Yes. So, oh, it's so chilling. And I feel bad for Tina's family because this photo is, like, widely available. You just even just, like, put in her name and, like, this photo pops up. And, you know, I just think, you know, it just it's just yucky
1: yeah you you don't want that floating around um you know her last minutes
0: no oh, gosh so tina died in october and that december gabe sent out christmas cards that showed a photo of him and tina and on their wedding day and the caption said quote who is that good looking guy with tina oh that's me end quote so once again, a lot he's of people just didn't an like an idiot. It. He, he is a bit of an idiot. No matter what, he's an idiot. I
1: mean, I don't know if he's a murderous idiot. I mean, I'm leaning that direction for sure. But right. at the end, he's an idiot.
0: He's an idiot. And is he an idiot just because he's an idiot? Or is he an idiot who's like, I got away with this. Now I'm going to, like, tease it, like, all the time. I don't know. Because so much of what he oh. does... Oh, what so much what he ball. does is like teasing almost, you know,
1: if he did it, then it is. And even if he did it, it's just so, you know, you and I were having uh, a conversation a little early about like emotional intelligence.
0: Mm-hmm. <laughs>
1: this guy takes the cake for lack of emotional for sure. intelligence. For I mean, sure. No one I know
0: is as bad as Gabe. No, nobody no. I know is this bad no. either. No. Just and like no one ever should be. No, no, th- this is there's no excuse. Like there's like literally something's not connected. Uh, yeah, a, f-
1: a few screws lists. Right.
0: Well, you and I are not the only one to uh, feel this way, Stephanie. Um, so some friends and family asked Gabe, hey, what's with this Christmas card? And he said it was an inside joke from his wedding when a wedding guest had asked who the good looking guy was. And it turned out to be the groom, Gabe. So, no, that's not funny. It's not funny. It's definitely not funny enough to be like, hey, everybody, I'm sending a Christmas card to. But, like, to Gabe? That's what... That was it. That's not funny. <laughs> so he's not <laughs> funny not either. Funny. Like, what does... He better be good looking. That's all I have to say.
1: Yeah, I'm kind of like, was was he good
0: looking? <laughs> he wasn't un-good looking. He wasn't, like, unattractive. But, like, he wasn't, you know, Leonardo DiCaprio. Not that good looking. <laughs> 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 Leonardo DiCaprio. Like, Titanic Leonardo DiCaprio. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Okay, so... Like, as we've discussed, these odd behaviors don't mean he's a murderer, but he definitely has a strange sense of humor at the very least. So in March 2005, Gabe actually filed a lawsuit in Alabama's Jefferson County Circuit Court in an effort to recoup the cost of the couple's trip after the travel insurance refused to pay out. He was seeking $45,000 for the accidental death plus compensation for trip interruption medical expenses, phone calls, taxi fares, fees for extra credit card statements, and punitive damages for mental and emotional anguish.
1: Okay, so yeah, pretty sure trip insurance isn't supposed to pay you if someone dies. dies. I'm pretty sure that's not the thing. Like, he used the trip. He went Mm. on the trip. So they're not going to pay you back for that.
0: Yeah brainless brainless weirdo brainless something bad happened on this trip so now you have to pay a bit greedy also
1: i would i don't know in such a tragic, tragic situation i mean with supposedly no one at fault right Right. even though we have suspicions if it was at fault right but i mean there was no speculation that this was the the diving company that this was the boat that it was a faulty regulator that like something else had caused the death so for him i mean it's just purely accidental death right so it's
0: not like he's saying, I didn't get the proper services. Right. Yeah. He's not suing for um liability. He's not suing exactly. for liability. Yeah. No, he, it's he's just, not.
1: He's not saying yeah. you didn't provide safety. Right. He's just saying, well, I'm bummed. The trip didn't turn out as great as
0: I thought it would. Just right. pay me back. Right. That's ultimately what it boils down to. Well, when they didn't pay out, he filed a lawsuit with um. the Jefferson County Circuit Court. Now, this action was dismissed in May by Gabe's own request. Because he decided that he risked self-incrimination by continuing to pursue the case. So, you know how, like, when people, like, file countersuits and stuff, now all of a sudden we can take their depots and we can, like, do all mm. this discovery. And it's all, like, now you have to testify. You have to do all this <sighs> stuff. So, he realized by, like, he was opening up a can of worms oh, by gosh. filing this lawsuit. So, he dropped it. I wish he would have kept it. Right? We could figure out what's really going on here. Right. Well, prosecutors in Australia were not buying Gabe's version of events, and they ended up pressing charges against him. Thank goodness. Somebody has a brain in this story. Yes. Now, he actually resisted extradition for six months, but then he traveled voluntarily from the U.S. to Australia in May 2009 to face trial. He pled not guilty to murder, but he did plead guilty to manslaughter, which... Meant He pretty much, just like in layman's terms, admitted to just being a really bad dive buddy. It wasn't like he was convicted of doing something intentionally. It no, was just... Dude, you know yeah. what you did. Right. So, prosecutors pointed out pointed out that over the course of his police interviews, Watson had given 16 different versions of what had happened to Tina. None of them matched the other divers' accounts of what they saw. And when Tina was brought to the surface, her regulator was still in her mouth her tank had still still had air and test indicated that all of her equipment was working properly. Dude, you are
1: gnarly and nasty.
0: Right. So we know. Yeah. Yeah. Everything was hooked up. It's in her mouth. She didn't die of the heart thing. She dropped like something happened. Uh, Yeah. Something called Gabe. Gabe. Yeah. There was no technical reason she should have drowned. The prosecutors pointed out that Gabe was an experienced diver, trained in rescues, and yet he allowed his wife to sink to the bottom of the ocean floor without making even the first attempt to retrieve her. He did not inflate her buoyancy control device. He did not remove her weight belt. He hadn't even followed the obligations of a standard dive buddy, which would have been to share his alternative air source with her if necessary. Like he didn't do anything. Gabe was sentenced to four and a half years in prison in Australia, but it was suspended after he served 12 months. And many people felt that this sentence was far too lenient and it was appealed, earning him an additional six months. So he served 18 months in an Australia prison and was released on November 10th, 2010.
1: So the insurance policy that he told Tina
0: to up, did he collect any of that? Like what happened with that? Okay, so here's the kicker. Investigators believe that was his motive. If he did, in fact, kill her, that was the motive for the insurance policy. He, remember, he asked her to up that policy and add him as the beneficiary. Yeah. But I don't know that that happened because there was a payout, but it all went to her dad. This guy is just, I mean, grade A idiot.
1: I don't know what else to say. So even, so if that was the motive, because I don't really hear of anything else. I mean, from most people, everybody seemed to think they were very much in love. I mean, yeah. they were fine. And if he got over the money, he wasn't even going to get any.
0: Doesn't. No, he never did. He never saw a dime from it. What a genius. Right. Okay. Well, Um. wow, Gabe. Wow. So Tina's family was very unsatisfied with his short prison term saying it was an embarrassment to Australia. So after his release, he was deported back to Alabama on the condition he would not be sentenced to death if found guilty of Tina's murder here in the States. So he had to go through a, a, a trial here as well. So he came home. Charges were filed in Alabama, only this time Colin McKenzie, a key diving expert in the original investigation who'd maintained that, quote, a diver with Watson's training should have been able to bring Tina up, end quote, He later retracted much of this testimony after he was provided with both Tina and Gabe's diver logs and medical histories, which he had not been given access to originally. So after reviewing this information, McKenzie claimed that Gabe should never have been allowed to be Tina's dive buddy because she had no open water experience. Tina had had two, had had heart surgery two years prior to this dive. But when she filled out her dive application, she stated no history of heart issues or surgeries. Remember, we know she had that uh, that heart thing. And then she's actually had surgery on it. Now, we do know that the heart issue is not what killed her. Right. But according to this man, you know, Gabe was not an adequate rescue diver. Had therefore, could not be been, held.
1: Had it become an issue, he would not have
0: had the skill to help her. Right. Meaning, maybe Gabe did not intentionally cause her death. Another expert, Professor Mike Bennett, said um, that Tina should never have been diving at all without first receiving a clearance from her cardiologist. Again, we know that's not what killed her, but, you know, anything they can do to say no, like, you know, to take the fire off of him. Uh, Gabe's rescue certification is normally a four-day course, which seems, man, that seems really fast. But Gabe had received it in two days. And he'd had zero, like, actual rescue experience. So according to Mackenzie, Gabe had absolutely no hope of being competent in that situation. He could have barely saved himself that day, let alone his wife. So he said, I don't believe he intended to kill her. However, they did say that Gabe showed a complete lack of courage when he abandoned his wife. Uh, yeah. So according to eyewitnesses on the boat the day of the drowning, Gabe needed help just getting his own diving equipment on. Again, a pretty clear indication that someone might be an amateur. So all this is to say, maybe maybe Gabe really just didn't know what he was doing. And maybe he kind of like upped his resume a bit.
1: Yeah, but in like the dumbest way possible.
0: Right. Why would you do that? I mean, talk about pride. Uh, yeah. Like, why would you do that when someone's safety is on the line?
1: Yeah. Like, like just, just that alone. I mean, I find him
0: responsible. Right. Right. Don't say you're able to do something if you're not.
1: Yes. Especially when somebody else's life could possibly be in your hands. Right. No, granted, it's a beautiful day out scuba diving. You're not thinking the worst is going to happen, but what if it does?
0: Right. I mean, clearly this bad things can happen while diving. Otherwise, yes. there would be no need for any of this. Stuff. Yes. So, like, it was just at the very least irresponsible. Yeah. So, while Gabe was dealing with all the charges in Australia right after Tina's death and then serving his sentence, Tina's body was released to her family. So they decided where she was going to be buried. And they decided to bury her in her hometown of Pelham, Alabama, where they would go and visit her grave, leave trinkets, flower arrangements. But they noticed that after, you know, they would leave these little things, the next time they would come visit, the flowers would be gone. The little angel figurines that her mother left would be missing And around the same time, Tina's family learned that Gabe, this is after Gabe was released, decided he did not want Tina to be buried in this cemetery. He wanted her to be closer to him. So he actually had her body exhumed. Whoa. Yeah. In 2007. And he had her moved to a grave site of his choice. But then he left the grave unmarked. No headstone, no marker of any kind. Just an unmarked grave. So, obviously, Tina's family is super upset about, oh you know, just gosh. all of it. And they wanted to find her new what resting place. What a jerk move. Right. Just like, oh, my, come on. Let's what a just, jerk move. Just. Yeah. The insensitivity. I in am not guy. Team Gabe. No. So, her family kept trying to find out where she where she was. And eventually, they did find her new resting place. And once they figured out where she was, of course, they started visiting her new grave. They would bring flowers, gifts. Once again, every time they went back to visit, the items that they had left would be missing. So they went as far as to start chaining the items down. But when they would come back, the chains would be cut, and again, the flowers and gifts would all be gone. So can you like even imagine this? family,
1: I cannot, I genuinely cannot. Right,
0: so they went, they were obviously clearly upset. They filed a complaint with the police. Yes, heck yes. And the police, thankfully, ended up putting surveillance cameras. Guess what the cameras captured? Can you guess? I I, I don't even want to because I just I
1: can't dislike this guy anymore right now.
0: (sighs) Gabe was caught on camera removing the chains with bolt cutters and throwing all of the items that her family left on her grave into trash cans. And when he asked why he did this, he said it was because the arrangements that they left were big, gaudy plastic arrangements. And Tina didn't like plastic flowers. Okay, Gabe. All right. Now remember, when it was up to Gabe, he left her grave completely unmarked for three years. Which is such a horrible thing. Right. Horrible. But he's worried about the plastic flowers. Like, doesn't even get a headstone for her. Oh, gosh. But gotta get rid of these plastic flowers. Grade A creep. Absolutely. So believe it or not, in 2008, somebody else married gabe no no yeah.
1: i i need to talk to this person <laughs> right now i need to steer her in the right direction and right? it is not towards gabe right
0: and she seems so nice too she's a seventh grade school teacher come on sister I get it know. together, get it together. come on kim Ugh. in 2011 kim. i know poor kim in 2011 gabe was removed as administrator of tina's estate her father was appointed And as the administrator, Tina's father asked for her college pictures and her school yearbooks to be returned to the family. But Gabe appealed this ruling and refused to provide an inventory of Tina's possessions. Like, just a jerk move. Like, where's the compassion?
1: I feel like I've said jerk and creep, like, a hundred times in this episode because so
0: callous. So Right. And I can understand, like, okay, I would want to keep, you know, my husband's some of their things but at the same time like this is his family this is his parents at least give them access to them right like i mean come on we can make copy like come. there's just and no even,
1: like yearbooks. so that's times that like he didn't even know tina mm-hmm. you know i mean i i do feel like it's different things that you experience together things that you did together things that you know link you to them or make you feel close to them one thing but also he was convicted of killing her. Yes. I'm sorry you don't get a say. Like this is like you know, an accidental passing or something. You have some access to it, but no, I feel like you should get 0. Like that should be part of the sentence. Right. Is like stop acting like you
0: cared about this person. Right. Well, during his trial here in America, in the United States, uh Gabe was ordered to stay away from Tina's grave until, you know, we had yeah, final trial results. And on February 23rd, 2012, Alabama Judge Tommy Nail dismissed the murder charge due to lack of evidence. Boo. But that was the end of it.
1: So found guilty in Australia, found not guilty here in the United States.
0: Well, dismissed, if you would call it. I mean, not necessarily not guilty. Okay. No, that's totally fair. Yeah. So
1: could possibly be. Guilty of manslaughter
0: in Australia. Could possibly be retried here in the U.S. if 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 more evidence evidence came up. Yeah. So, but at the very, very, very least, if he didn't have anything to do with it, which I think he did, I think the evident points to the fact that he led to her. I mean, the fact that her regulator was in her mouth and still working, when they brought her up and she drowned, like, I could understand if it was the heart issue or some other kind of thing, but she drowned Yet her regulator was in her mouth and everything was still working. And then they had that witness who said, no, I saw, I saw him holding her and then like drop, her, like, you know. And also the whole issue with the weights. The weights. The fact that, no, and, and no, no we don't want help. to chalk
1: it up to him not being educated enough, but I don't know. Like,
0: oh, no. Right.
1: No, I'm just not buying it.
0: But even if, even if after all that, he's just an idiot who didn't mean. Oh, he's definitely an right. idiot. <laughs> But, like, I I don't know. I just, the grave, just all of it. When you put it all together, this, at the very least, this person is just a really bad person. Yeah.
1: Not a good person. I agree. Well, um, I hope Kim steers clear
0: of uh, Lord Gabe. Uh, I hope she doesn't go on any scuba diving trips with him. Yeah. Yeah. Cause he's dumb enough to do it again if that if he really did do it. He's the kind of person who's like, oh, I got away with it once, let me do it again, and then I'll send
1: out creepy Christmas cards. Right?
0: Oh my gosh, so <laughs> weird!
1: So, yeah, so that's weird our story.
0: Well, um, look at those pictures on our website. It was they a good are one, chilling.
1: yeah. We're gonna post some uh, some pics on the socials, and uh, you guys let us know what you think. And also let us know if you have weird phobias. <laughs> oh, please. There's
0: so, you know there's like phobias for everything. I'm I'm all over it. Weird phobias for everything. So
1: All right. Yeah. Well
0: join us next week when we bring you more thrills and chills. Woo. I'm Cynthia. Thank you for joining us on The Dark Oak. I'm Stephanie. Bye. Toodaloo. Bye.
1: This has been a Just Us Gals production with artwork by Justice Holmes and music by Ryan Creek.